Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Sabrina, and I am happy to have you here today listening in as I share some ideas about setting realistic expectations for your homeschool high school. There are so many things that I love about community. You know that at sevensistershomeschool.com, we are really, really big on encouraging you to connect with other homeschoolers, to connect with us at Seven Sisters. We want to be your homeschooling big sisters, to build local community in real life, wherever you are, to take advantage of the amazing online opportunities for community in Facebook groups. Uh, By the way, did you know that Seven Sisters has a Facebook group? That's pretty wonderful that shares lots of great ideas. If you didn't already know that, we would love to have you check us out and join the conversation. Uh, But yeah, there are forums, there are message boards, there are blogs, publisher websites like sevensistershomeschool.com website has the opportunity to comment on blog posts and on product descriptions and to ask for clarification and to raise questions about how you would apply or use a particular resource. So there are so many great places to benefit from community as a homeschooler. But I want to talk to you today about something that perhaps is better done alone. And I'm actually recording by myself today, so I guess I'm living that out for you. I'm modeling that behavior. We all know that we can be easily influenced by others, right? I mean, some of us are just compliant. We're followers more than we are leaders. Neither of those is a bad thing. The world needs lots and lots of people who are excellent followers and who are very compliant and willing to work within a system that is already set up to to follow leadership that has proven itself to be worthy of leading. Community is a really positive thing, but it also puts some of us in a position to be too easily influenced or swayed if we tend to be compliant by nature or a follower rather than a leader. But oddly enough, the flip side is also true if you think about it. There are those of us who are very slow to comply with a system that is already in place. We are trailblazers. We want to be out at the front and being independent. And if somebody suggests that we do something, we automatically want to do the opposite. Now think about that for a minute, because actually that's an indication of how easily influenced that kind of personality is. We think of those who are easily influenced as those who quickly follow the crowd. But Really, that influence, it could do the exact opposite and cause you to dig your heels in and refuse to follow the crowd, even if the crowd is going someplace good. We are all easily influenced because we're all designed to be in relationships. I mean, God did not make us to be standalone, isolated beings with no connection to him or to others. And so because we are so relational, we are easily influenced. There are a lot of ways in which that is a positive thing and a helpful thing. It means that we can learn from other homeschoolers when we're trying to figure out how to do this homeschool, high school thing. It means that we can share our own successes, or if we're brave, we can share our failures so that others can learn from those and not make the same mistakes that we did. But there comes a time, and I would say it should in a healthy way come maybe once a year 
at least, where we separate ourselves from community. We get off by ourselves for a little bit to examine a couple of very specific questions that will determine whether or not we are setting realistic expectations in our homeschool. So the only person who actually truly knows your kid is God. I mean, your kid doesn't know himself as well as God knows him. Your kid doesn't know herself as well as she thinks she does. And you know your kids really well. You know your kids better than probably most other humans. But you don't know what they're thinking. You don't really know what they're feeling at any given moment. You know what you've been able to observe thus far. But there's a whole lot there that only God knows. The same is true of you. As much as you may look in the mirror and be a very self-aware homeschool parent, there are pieces of your heart and mind that you're not even fully aware of. But God's got the inside track on each of us. And it is that, that individual component to homeschooling that I'm going to encourage you to take a hard look at for a few minutes. When we are setting expectations for homeschool, we are essentially trying to predict the future. I mean, that's what we're always doing when we set expectations, right? I expect this is going to happen. I expect this is not going to happen. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it, it helps us to plan wisely when we try to imagine various outcomes and what we might need for them. But expectations can also be problematic if they're not realistic expectations. If they are not high enough, then there may be little to no motivation in our homeschool. If we set the bar really low, we can be pretty sure that we're going to meet our goals, but we may not actually do very much to grow our kids. We might not be watering and fertilizing those little plants because, well, we just don't really expect much from them anyway. So it's fine to set the bar low and know you're going to meet the goals, but does that meet your greater goal? your overarching goal, which is to help your kid grow and mature and prepare for adulthood, to grow in character as well as intellect, to build good relationships. All of those things are goals that we're working toward. And if we set the bar too low, then we might meet the immediate goals. We might finish the very easy math curriculum that we chose for this year. We might read the 10 books that we set as our goal for the book list for the year. But we haven't really done much on that goal of helping our kid really grow, face challenges, learn to problem solve, develop perseverance when things become difficult or dry or long. We have just as much trouble, perhaps more trouble. And honestly, this is what I've seen as the more common kind of trouble when we set our expectations too high. That's where we are going to stay on top of everything this year in our homeschool. Not only is our kid going to level every single academic subject up to an honors credit, but they're going to do double the service hours that they did last year. And they're going to work their first part-time job. And they're going to blah, 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 blah. In the midst of all of that, we've got parent expectations off the charts. We're going to stay on top of that grading. We're going to grade every day. We're not going to let it pile up. We are going to 
help our child do all kinds of super intense career exploration and take them to shadow different places and take them to interview different people in different fields. And we're going to model for them um, an entrepreneurial spirit and we're going to run our part-time home business while we're homeschooling. All of these things are going to happen while we're, of course, you know, leading a Bible study and being active in our local community church and in various service outreach programs there. We're going to do it all this year. Those kind of expectations can be really dangerous in your homeschool. And unfortunately, a lot of those unrealistically high expectations come because we allow community to set those expectations. We don't put them into place ourselves as individuals in a quiet space with the God who actually knows your kid and you. And that's the place that those kind of expectations need to be set. Let me give you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. I, of course, majorly generalized and over-exaggerated, simplified, whatever, when I talked about setting the bar really low or setting the bar really high. And it's rare that we're foolish enough that we actually think we're going to do it all this year. And it's rare that we're actually lazy enough to say, we're just going to do the absolute bare minimum this year so that we're sure we can meet our goals. Okay, so let's do a couple of more realistic examples. Let's take a mom who has her first kid starting high school, and she has four younger kids in elementary and middle school years. And she is married to someone who is the primary breadwinner for the family, but she has a part-time job as a virtual assistant from her home, and she's trying to work about 15 hours a week. So she's, she's busy, she's got a lot on her plate, and she's got very diverse tugs on her. We've got little people who need a lot of attention. We've got tweens who need a lot of help with schoolwork as they're beginning to take more ownership of their schoolwork. And so perhaps the expectation for this year is that the oldest child is going to really help with the younger children's schooling. Now, this is, this is a lovely idea, and it works well in a lot of situations. And it could be that it's going to work in this situation. Older kids helping their young, younger siblings is a beautiful thing. And it is one of the lovely things about homeschooling is that we have kids of various ages in that schooling environment together, learning things. And it's very, very nice when that can work that way. But there is a difference between the expectation that your oldest, who is just beginning high school, is going to be a part of your younger kids' homeschooling experience, or the expectation that your oldest, who is just beginning high school, is going to take primary responsibility for your younger kids' schooling. There's a big difference there. If the responsibility rests with the parents, if the oversight and the planning rests with the parents, if decision-making and evaluation of how things are going and whether things are going well and, and whether things are being mastered that need to be mastered. If all of that rests with the parent and the expectation is that three days a week, afternoon reading, that oldest child is going to do that read aloud time. Or maybe that the little one who's just learning to read is going to read aloud to their older sibling for 10 minutes every day. That is quite possibly a lovely realistic expectation. But I have seen very well-intending families who instead place the responsibility on that oldest child and whose expectation was that they weren't really going to have to do much with the first grader this year. 
because the first grader likes workbooks anyway. So really that older sibling was going to be able to just kind of, you know, keep an eye on things and, and encourage and when they get stuck, you know, answer some questions. And then it was going to be fine. And they're puzzled when they get partway through the year. And not only is their little one not making very good progress with academics, but their oldest child, the one just starting high school, is miserable, resentful, angry, no longer very kind to that younger sibling, and maybe even rebelling in other unrelated ways. Something like that could be setting a bar too high without realizing that the tasks are not the problem. It's the attitude. It's the expectation behind it. Where does that responsibility lie? A kid who is just starting high school needs to focus a lot of energy and thought on what it means to be a high schooler, to cross into more and more independence with their schoolwork, to take on more and more challenging subjects, to navigate their way through growing complex relationships with peers and with other adults in their lives. The teen years are complicated. There are a lot of emotions there. There are a lot of hormones there causing a lot of those emotions. It's a lot. It's a lot to take on. And so to take someone who is trying to navigate that early part of high school and to expect them to also be thinking regularly, as in like thinking daily about whether or not their younger sibling is accomplishing what he needs to accomplish, whether the workbook pages are being done carefully and whether the ideas in them are actually being learned or whether uh, something's just getting scribbled on the page and they're moving on. That's too much responsibility for the vast majority of high school students to help out by letting that little one read aloud for 10 minutes a day would not be a problem. Not saying that older kid is always going to want to do it, but that's a realistic expectation that they could help out that way, be present and be a smile and maybe a little bit of a cheerleader. But to put too much responsibility on one who is starting high school, that's a recipe for disaster. Now, if you go in the opposite direction and you have a kid who maybe has some learning challenges and they're going into 10th grade and you have pretty much resigned yourself to the fact that this is a kid who does very well with hands-on things, but not very well with textbook things. And so your expectation for the year is that you're doing a lot of training in a trade. There's going to be a lot of maybe working with a local lawn care and landscape company and learning some small engine repair along with that. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's tailoring your child's high school education to that child's strengths, weaknesses, interests, and potential post-graduation career. But what if those expectations also slide down lower than they should be and you begin to neglect academics altogether because it's not your kid's sweet spot? It begins to be too much trouble to read classics, so you just don't read any. You just don't expect any classic literature to be consumed. Because, well, that's not really how my kid is, you know. If you don't require any writing to speak of, because, well, my kid's really not a writer. They don't want to be a writer. They don't want to go to college. So, you know, we're just going to kind of not worry about that. Well, now you've set an expectation that's very low. And it is probably going to do a couple of kinds of damage. For one, you are going to probably, without meaning to, communicate to that child that they're dumb. That you don't think they can do what most high school students do. 
And that is, that's a bad message. That's a destructive message. That's a message that will be deeply internalized and will continue to wound, possibly over the course of the rest of their lives. If the message that comes across is not that you think they're too dumb, but that you think that stuff doesn't matter, well, then you're neglecting to teach your kid the value of communication because reading and writing are the basic components of good communication. And communication is a skill that every adult needs. You need to be able to articulate your own ideas in ways that other people can understand them. And you need to be able to understand what other people are saying to you with their words, whether it's familiar to you or whether it's something new and something that's hard to think about. You need to learn how to listen and think. And so those pieces of communication, that's why we have our kids do so much reading and writing in high school. It's not just to make them better readers or make them better writers. It's to help them become powerful communicators because communication is such an important part of relationship. So if you set an expectation too low where it comes to academics, you may very well be doing personal damage and relational damage to that kid by not requiring them to do some reading that's a little hard, maybe use some audio books, do some things to, to make it easier, maybe watch a movie version of a book first and then read it, or listen to an audio book and read along at the same time, or read the book as a part of a book club so that your student can talk about it with peers who are also reading it, or maybe use a really good literature study guide that's gonna help your child understand the deeper layers of the story and of the characters and of the ideas. Find some tools that are going to help your child do those academic tasks that are difficult. But don't just shrug and say, oh, well, those things don't really matter because you're not really like a, a, a bookie kind of kid. You're not headed for that. And that's okay. You know, so let's just not bother with any of that. There's value in those things, friends. So I think you probably get the point better from those two examples than from those gross uh, oversimplifications and exaggerations that I shared with you earlier. And this is why I'm encouraging you to step away from community when you examine your expectations for the homeschool, high school year ahead of you. When we get alone with God and we say, okay, I'm here and I know as much of myself as I know, but you know more. And I'm here and I know as much of my kid as I know but you know more. And what I want is to be following your good plans for this coming year. And I want to set my eyes on the goals that you have for us, Lord. What are the things that my kid can achieve this year that will be good for her? Mind, body, spirit, relationships, all of it. Because if something is a part of God's plan, it is good in all ways. It doesn't, it doesn't come with a downside if it comes from God. And at the same time, ask him, you know, Lord, what will be good for me as a homeschool parent this year? Because again, if God's plan is good for your kid in homeschool, it is also good for you as the teacher in homeschool. That is what is so amazing about having the God that we have. He doesn't have a downside to his good plans. Doesn't mean things aren't difficult, but there will be true benefit and blessing and growth that comes out of that difficulty. It will not be wasted difficulty when it comes from him. If we set all of our expectations coming out of our time with our community, we are very likely to 
mimic what other families are setting as their expectations. We are likely to feel maybe a little bit shamed if we don't set the same expectation into our homeschool. We maybe feel uneasy about setting a very high goal for a kid who really needs a push this year, who really wants to stretch. And we feel like, well, does that look like we're showing off? Or, wow, you know, there can be a lot of very subtle pressure when you are talking about the expectations that you are setting for your your coming year, if you have those discussions in public. And uh, so I think there's a whole lot of benefit to getting off by yourself and spending some time with the Lord and thinking through what are realistic expectations for a good, Jesus-centered homeschool year. Things that will be good for my kid and good for me. And you know, the truth is, if your homeschool is having a year where it is good for your kid and good for you, it's going to end up being good for your community too. Because you're going to be healthy and full and you're going to have things to share. There's going to be overflow of that goodness that you can share with the rest of your community. And you're going to recognize somebody who's having a very different kind of year than you're having, where they have had to set expectations that are quite different from yours. And you're going to maybe be able to support some struggling areas. And if you're trying to run on a set of expectations that are not good or healthy for you, you're going to be maxed out just trying to get through your own days. There won't be anything left to share. So it's really, it's really kind of like the whole basic principle of self-care, that if you are okay and taking care of yourself, then you're going to be able to take care of others as well. And if you run yourself ragged, eh, not so much, right? So let me encourage you to continue to be committed to community because I don't have any doubt at all about the value in that. We need our brothers and sisters. We need to be the body of Christ. We need to be friends. We need to look out for one another. I mean, that's where sevensistershomeschool.com came from, right? The six of us who are the founders of sevensistershomeschool.com literally lived it in community for a couple of decades. And I have zero regrets about that. And I have countless stories I could tell you about what a blessing it was to be in that kind of community. We're trying to build that kind of community with you, our seventh sisters, who listen to the podcast, who read the blog posts, who interact on the Facebook group, who use our curriculum. I'm all about community, but I'm also all about realistic expectations. And I really do believe that one of the best ways to set those for a high school, homeschool year is to get away from community for just a little bit and to spend some time letting God show you what will be a good plan, a realistic plan and one where truly important goals are met in your homeschool. So I hope that gives you something to think about, maybe something a little bit different than what you usually hear about community here on Seven Sisters, because I'm encouraging you to step away from it for a few minutes, not forever. We would miss you if you went away for too long, but just for a little bit and uh, make those decisions that will be best for you and your kid, and then see how that ends up blessing the rest of your community too. So if you have experienced tools, strategies, whatever, that have helped you, that have guided your process of setting goals and expectations for the coming year, if you have a particular booklet or program, anything like that, that you've used that has been helpful in doing that, we would really love to hear about it. We like being able to pass along different kinds of helpful resources to others. And we would love for you to drop something in the comments here at the podcast or shoot us an email. You can always reach me, Sabrina at sevensistershomeschool.com, or you can contact whichever of the sisters is answering email that day for the info at 
sevensistershomeschool.com email box. But we really love hearing your ideas and in particular, learning about resources that maybe we've never used before for planning and for setting good goals. So there you go. I expect ha, 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 that I'll run into you again on future episodes. But for today, this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. <laughs>